Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the tri-state area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host, Remy Leibovic, speaks with Brandon Brackrath, the singer, guitarist, and songwriter for the acclaimed rock, ska, punk, New Jersey band, The Schwinn. As an artist, Brandon has ventured out into various side projects, such as Elementality and Twitch live streaming as a gamer and musician. You can learn more about him and his projects in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy. and welcome back to this episode of Gigless. I am joined here today with Brandon Backrack. He is the singer and guitarist for the Schwam. Hi, Brandon. You got it. Hey, <laughs> what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> How are you doing? Awesome. I'm doing great too. That's good. I'm happy that, you know, in the middle of all this madness that people are still doing good. So, oh yeah. Brandon, for those that don't know about you or the Schwam, mm-hmm. do you mind telling us a little bit about yourselves? Sure. Um, so the Schwam is, uh, we, we had to kind of pick a genre. I, I, I don't really like category, categorizing things by genre, but we are rock ska punk band from New Jersey. Um, we have been playing for it's it's about to be 10 years um we do local like we'll do like local cover gigs and uh and also we we have we can sort of have two sides to us where we'll do like the three hour cover gigs and then we'll do you know a nice 30 45 minute uh fully original gig um so we kind of like to diversify a little bit um we have a horn section which is the the meat of the band <laughs> that that's the fun part and no, i'm kidding um but no we have an awesome horn section and uh just an awesome crew uh i haven't seen a lot of them in a while but uh you know that's pretty much us i love a good horn yeah right i love a good horn <laughs> it's like when you're driving through like the countryside and you see all those front porches and you're like man i love a good porch <laughs> good porch swing exactly there you yeah, go. we got we got um we got john who plays uh alto and soprano sax we've got uh brian who plays trombone and trumpet not at the same time of course um we've and then we've got uh casey uh who's my girlfriend and she plays uh barry and tenor sax so we have a lot of switching around <laughs> very multi-talented yeah yeah <laughs> very very multi-talented i feel that like musicians at least from, you know, 2010, I was in high school. You know, everybody just played like one instrument in a band, I feel, like local bands now, but I feel that a lot of local bands have expanded themselves and I really appreciate that. Oh yeah. And and of course I got to, since now I uh, I name dropped the horn section, uh, we got uh, Jason on bass and we got uh, Mike Vagooch on drums. And I I miss them. How have you guys, you know, as a band, I mean, we are slowly reopening here in New Jersey. It's currently 
September 17th that we're recording this. It's going to come out a few weeks in the future, but, you know, how are you dealing with, you know, just as a band, like everything's reopening. Are you guys like socially distancing practicing or what are you guys up to? So basically I haven't seen, well, I've seen them all in some shape or form, but we haven't practiced since March. Um, right. at least not together. Uh, we basically, I'm, I'm a uh, high risk. I have a, I, I'm immunocompromised. Right. Um, so it's kind of a risky situation, especially because, um, a few members of the band still, still work and have, have been working regularly. Um, and, and, and when I say work, I mean, are in contact with people and have been in contact with people regularly since, uh, the pandemic started with no interruption so it's kind of hard to where you know we, we've got our like really close friends and family and stuff and we've got our band and those are the people we want to protect the most and it that's what makes it the hardest to uh those are the people that we need to not see right now <laughs> right yeah no i i i live with immunocompromised family and i yeah. you know gigless to anyone that's listening to this, the Giggles podcast has always been recorded over Zoom calls. I don't meet with anybody. Um, and that's just been the theme because, you know, I'm not going to risk myself or my guests or encourage bad behavior to my listeners. And, luckily, and another thing, great technology to, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we do have great technology here to record. And then Dane cleans it up. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so what are some of the projects that have come out for you then if you can't reconnect with your band and you're stuck in at home? So basically, um, right before all this happened, um, we were about to record an album. Uh, we, we had all the music finished. Um, we were pretty much just in the process of recording some demos, just doing some fine tuning, and then we were gonna record an album. Um, and I'm also, um, I'm also in the band Elementality um, with, with Paul, uh, as you know. And um, so, and, and Dane, Dane has filled in uh, on guitar for Elementality uh, once or twice. So Dane Wagner, our producer, and Paul Polio, our friend. Um, I actually, I, I got a new guitar recently and the guitar I got was because I saw Dane playing the same one and I was just like, that's a nice guitar. That's a um, nice investment. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so basically, uh, we were going to record and Elementality was too. We actually were almost done recording a new EP um, and we actually only had vocals left. And of course, that was the one thing that we couldn't do was come together to collaborate on vocals with harmonies and everything like that. Um, so it, uh, it kind of paused a lot of things like that. Uh, you're, you're asking what new, new projects? Well, what have you experimented with in this time? Because I know that you guys are multi-instrumentally talented. So what have you yeah. done? So um, basically the biggest thing for me that's come out of it and uh, actually half the band that's, uh, that's come out of it is uh, we started streaming on Twitch. Um, 
it started by like I, I was just like streaming on Facebook and I was doing uh, computer builds uh, for for my friends because I wanted you know I wanted to help people out because a lot of people were working from home now and I and I built computers so I was like hey I'll help you build a computer and the the caveat being let me stream myself building it uh, so I started doing that and then that led to me building my own my own computer and my own own uh, home office and so i started streaming on twitch it's been about six months now um or it was like mid-april and uh you know i was just playing playing some games on there doing the typical twitch streamer stuff and uh then i was like i want to work music into this and and kind of you know that that that's my my bigger passion is is music. So I was like, I kind of want to work that into the equation. Um, so I started doing this thing where everyone who subscribes, uh, I write a song for them. If, you know, if they subscribe to me while I'm uh, while I'm streaming, I was like, all right, I'll write you a song. Um, so I started doing that, and then I was like, okay, I want to take this a little further. Um, so I bought myself a a loop pedal, and I started you know, writing songs, writing full loops on stream and things like that. And I started uploading those videos to, to YouTube and everything recently. Um, so that's been going pretty well. And then also my, my girlfriend, Casey, she started streaming on Twitch uh, also playing Sims and, and uh, uh, streaming herself, uh, learning how to uh, crochet and stuff. It's like all, all this cool stuff that um, th these cool opportunities that kind of came out of the limitations of this year that I'm, I'm i'm happy that we we were able to take it in a uh, creative direction absolutely i think that a lot of people and i've said this on i think almost every single episode this season but you know a lot of people have expanded into the digital space us included and just learned how to you know make the best of it and yeah. you know um i think that that's just like a good quality about being a creative person is that you're always you can always adapt. So you said yeah. that you adapted to a new way of working with a home office. May I ask you what's your day job? I'm a web developer. Okay. So that so I actually um, pretty uh, it was late 2019 I, I got a new job and uh, I ended up moving uh, pretty uh, like closer to my job and. Um, when I when I was looking for jobs, one of my require one of like the things that I wanted was to work from home, and the job that I ended up getting is great. But the only requirement it didn't hit was working from home, and uh, then this all started. And I was like, "All right, I'm going to start working from home now, right?" And and they were like, "Okay, sure." And and I, I was actually because I'm immunocompromised, I was the first person in my in my company uh, working working remote. And even then it was like, they were like, okay, we'll give you like two weeks and then we'll reevaluate three days later. The rest of the company was working remote. Right. Um, so uh, I, I've been very lucky that it hasn't really interrupted anything. Um, it, it barely even slowed down my workflow uh, for, for my, for my day job. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I, I feel pretty fortunate, you know, for that. Right. No, I, you know, I tell this to everybody and I'll say it again, is that a lot of creative people have day jobs, a lot of musicians and creatives, yeah. while they contribute 
so much to the community and the economy and the entertainment industry. Like a lot of us do have day jobs, me True. and Dane included. And I, I feel like on one hand, it's like, I would love to uh, be doing something musical or, or artistic um, full time. But on the other hand, it kind of almost makes it even more special uh, when I do get to be creative because it, it's a contrast to my day job. And my, my day job, it's not that I'm not, like I, like I actually do get some opportunity to be creative with, you know, programming. Um, but of course, not as much as, as music. And it's, it, it's, it does kind of give a good balance. Do you play with Arduino at home? I, I actually, um, shortly before all this happened, I, I bought an Arduino and uh, a few things for it. I was going to, uh, uh, I, I had plans to basically add a mod to my pedal board um, because I have a, uh, a really nice delay pedal, but the only problem with that pedal is you can't tap the tempo. So you can't, you know, let it know like exactly what speed you want it to go. So I was, I was actually, I have everything I need for it. Um, I was going to make a, a thing with the Arduino where I could tap the tempo and then it would turn the knob to the, to the proper spot on the pedal. Um, but I haven't really had to touch my pedal board much in the past uh, few months. <laughs> right. And I just want to tell everybody that's listening in Arduino and Arduino kit is a kit that you can buy and it's like I think $40 and what you could do is you could use all this open source code to make it like react and you can build all this really cute stuff off it and it's all open source so if you guys ever want to like look sure. into coding it's very it's a very easy kit like they sell it to kids you know it, it is definitely a good way to get into programming for sure um it's something I I haven't um messed with it nearly as much as I want to but it's definitely like, it's not as complicated as it would, it, it's definitely a simplified version of like programming a, a, a machine, you know, like you're, yeah. you're literally, it's the difference between like an Arduino and a Raspberry Pi is Arduinos kind of have more of a, uh, a kind of a, their direction is more to make, you know, moving part machinery and stuff like that. Um, right. So that's kind of, it, it's, it's definitely a really cool thing. It's like, I, I honestly can't even fully explain it uh, super well, but uh, well, you're gonna hate I want me. to learn more about. You're going to hate me because oh, yeah. I, in for my, back when I was at Rutgers, I took a class, I took several classes where we had to interact with and make Arduinos, like, like stuff oh, with nice. Arduino. And I made a metronome that counts off beat. <laughs> and Paul was like, why would you do that? Oh he was God. like, why would on, you on do that? Yeah, on purpose. I made a well, metronome or, that started off beat. Oh my God. I was going to say, like, uh, is this like a, it's not a bug, it's a feature type of thing? Or it's is a feature. <laughs> it's, it's, it's program chaos. <laughs> it's madness. That's funny. How does that even, okay. I, I, I assume... It, it it finds the beat and then just adds. Yeah, it adds beat. a measure. Like it, it purposely deviates from it. Yep. That's funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I. You you know uh, Simone Yetch? 
I've have heard, heard of that name before, but I'm not familiar with the person that you're talking about. She's a, uh, a YouTuber and uh, uh, she's, she's known as the, the shitty robot queen, queen. And she literally just uses an Arduino and makes these really useless, really like crappy robots. <laughs> Well, great. We need someone to make Boston Dynamics slow down. <laughs> <laughs> they already made the Black Mirror dog. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, everybody's like, it's just a bunch of pistons with reactions. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and then the pistons and the reactions are going to log how many times you kick it to the side. <laughs> I see stuff like like that, and I'm just like, we, we've we've become too powerful, <laughs> right? But you know, it's actually pretty interesting because uh, right now, if anybody's listening to this and they are a creative person and they do want to like go through a whole career change, um, programming is it because oh, it's great. like, yeah, when I okay, so not when I, but when the Fukushima meltdown happened in Japan all those years ago, 20, like 2010, 2011, some, sometimes mm, yeah. on that, um, they, they, they called out uh, for the world, does anybody have a robot that can go into, that can walk and turn off a, a switch for us? And mm. basically it's like the great robot race right now to try to, um, make robots that can go into those situations and like flip a switch because no one had it believe it or not oh yeah yeah you i assume that's you know not a problem now right i don't think so i think that now they have they have like all these different competitions and stuff but again like that's just um the art world is very interdisciplinary and i encourage yeah. anybody who likes sculpture to definitely get to arduino because like interactive sculpture that's that's the way it's going right now it's just funny to think how far we've come in that time where it's just like where i feel where i feel like you know give give me a, a week and I'll, I'll i could try to figure out how to make that robot but like back then i'm like i don't know I'll just, what what is this and i feel like a lot uh I, I feel like just programming and just a lot of technological advancements have just become so much more widespread and just available to everyone now that it's and and i feel like honestly uh one of the positive things that have come out of of the whole pandemic is a lot of a lot more people are embracing technology and uh like even even restaurants you know just a lot of them are just improving their online ordering um a lot of them are providing like qr codes for their menus so you don't have to actually touch a menu uh, just stuff like that, that I'm just like, why haven't we done this already? And, and and I think back like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when we didn't have smartphones 15 years ago, and, and the fact that it's gotten to the point where, you know, you can be pretty confident in them doing pretty much whatever they want, you know, it, right. like whatever someone wants a smartphone to do, they could probably find a way to do it, you know? Exactly. But then again, like speaking about art and design, that's UX, UI and mm -hmm. programming and everything that you could definitely just like go into if you're again like an artist or a creative that is thinking about 
shifting into a more lucrative field. If you have those skills or that eye for design, you could definitely like, you know, tread that way. Oh yeah. So as a creative person post COVID, how do you feel, Brandon? Um, so there's kind of a spectrum to that. So basically the first, I would say the first like three months of, of the quarantine. And that was when I was, I was very, very strictly quarantined. Um, I still, am pretty strict with it, but like, I, I did not go anywhere. Um, I was actually fine. Uh, I, I actually was like, I felt pretty fortunate that I, that I went through all that time feeling pretty good. Um, and then I feel like even after that, I couldn't complain all that much. Um, but of course it's going to take a toll, you know, just the, the lifestyle change in general, um, going through like summer and just having to kind of watch it come and go. Um, you know, so like, I can't say that I don't feel good or anything, but it's definitely started to get to the point where it's just like, maybe some of like the, the stress levels that I, that I have might be a little bit higher now just because I'm, I, I do work from home still and I'm kind of stuck inside, but also, um, on the other hand, it's really given me a lot of opportunities to expand my creativity, um, to introspect just a little bit more. And uh, what, one of the things that, uh, the, one of the big, big things that have come out of it for me um, through Twitch and through just streaming in general um, was the realization that I can improvise. And, you know, I, I always knew that musically I could like, I could improvise, but I was never comfortable Let me, let me adjust that. So I, I always knew that I could improvise on guitar, but improvising uh, lyrically and, you know, putting something together that is on the spot uh, was something that always, you know, I always kind of avoided just because it's like, damn, that's hard, you know? <laughs> um, but through Twitch, uh, I kind of just decided like, hey, I'm going to start just improvising more. And uh basically that's what I do now. I just improvise songs, I improvise loops. I'll, uh, I have like 20 different instruments here and I'll just pull them out and add them to the loop. And, and, you know, 10 minutes later, something really cool happened. And I'm like, geez, like I've created more musical pieces that I'm proud of in these like six months than most of my life. Like, and I'm proud of the music I created most of my life, but I've created more of it uh, because I allowed myself to not overthink things and to just kind of put stuff out there and say it is what it is. Because I, I definitely, uh, before this, had a tendency to overthink uh, my creativity and it would get in my way. And that's something that like, that's something that I knew, but I didn't really know. You know, that's, that's something that I didn't really address and I didn't really... Um, allow myself to go, hey, how do I uh, stop overthinking? And apparently the answer was just do the thing. <laughs> yeah, that is just do the thing. Yeah. This podcast is an example of us just doing the there thing. I wanted to do a podcast for many years and I didn't necessarily know 
what it was. And then, you know, when this whole thing happened, it was just like, just do the thing. Like, I don't care if I don't get, if I get judged, I don't care if it's like this or that, we'll put it out there. And you know what? People loved it so much. We got a season two. So, and I think, yeah. And I think the creative people are the biggest overthinkers that I know. Like, like it's insane because you go to uh, some other like left brain, you know, um, people like like business analysts or like right. uh, you know business administration majors or programming majors or just like science majors. Any of those people, they're just like, yeah, but why don't you just do it? Like, isn't that just easy? And I'm like, <laughs> it's, like, it's not. <laughs> nah, but in the back of my, my mind, I'm like, it is, but I don't want to tell you that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, it's just me setting up a routine and a schedule. Yeah, oh, routines and a schedule. So how? are you so what's your daily routine now um so pretty much my my daily routine has kind of had a a bit of an ebb and and flow basically through this time um but for the most part i i do my uh nine to five sitting right here and then you know i'll a few times a week i'll do my streams sitting right here so it's really, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest part of it for me. That's something that I'm excited to have an option to kind of just be here all day. Um, right now, of course, it's more of a necessity. Um, of course, that isn't like all of it. You know, I, I've been going, uh, been going for a lot of like long walks, kind of exploring the the new area that I live in now that uh that I moved a little bit before this all happened. But uh, yeah, primarily it's just right in front of this desk. Uh, either I have, you know, two different computers here. I'm either programming on one or making music on the other. And that's about it. <laughs> what are the computers that you have? Uh, so for my work computer, it's a, it's a MacBook uh, Pro. Um, mm-hmm. And for my streaming slash music slash everything else computer um i i built i built this computer um in i don't know what was that I, I guess uh early april um but yeah I, I i built it uh from scratch just got all the all the parts from micro center and put it all together it's uh, <laughs> oh my goodness i my uh, I, old... I won't do that stuff Oh my goodness. I want to build a, when I settle, settle, I definitely want to build like my own uh, desktop. But right. for right now, I just bought a new like Asus video book. And that's solid. Yes. My old one was a Republic of Gamers, like i7. And, you know, it was all yeah. geeked out but yeah right but it just yeah so yeah, I've, got, I've got that rog uh graphics card that that's staring me in the face with that i logo right now same <laughs> but, but i love it. It, it i and i i recently like doubled the, the ram up and everything so it's I, I was having a little bit a little bit of uh some stuttering in my um streams so i, I doubled the ram and that fixed that and uh no, this thing's uh, treating me well. I also have a, uh, I have another computer that I built. That is the first computer that I built. Nothing's still kicking. 
Um, it's been probably about six years at least. And um, that's actually, I don't know if you've seen uh, the, on Twitch, uh, Elementality MJ. Um, so that's the other band I'm in, but um, John is the leader of that band and he's the sax player in the Swam. Um, he's streaming from that computer right now. So that's actually at his, at his place. Uh, Cause I, I moved out, like we were all living together in what we were calling Swam House. And uh, he's, he's still there with a few other people now, but uh, that's where I was, I was living at the time. So I was like, I'll leave my computer here. And uh, that was a Hackintosh. So I basically, nice. uh, you know, I, I built it so that it could run uh, Mac OS X. Um, that was the most painful experience of my life. <laughs> Not really, but um, for, for that to be the first computer I've ever built was way too difficult and I don't recommend it for anyone. And I've actually since just wiped it and installed Windows on it because after five years, it was just getting un unstable. <laughs> oh, I bet. And you yeah. know what? Like, especially, I feel that like, especially when you are, mixing and editing audio i feel that it's very important because i only took one audio recording class ever in my life never again <laughs> um yeah. but it's so important that your tech and your gear is something that you can resonate with and quickly adapt to oh, yeah. and i'm just so happy that you're able to have access to such strong like computers because a lot of people they don't invest in the recording equipment they just go to the studio or they just go um, to their school or wherever they have access to recording but then now with all of this happening I'm really glad to see that like some of my friends like bought their own recording equipment oh yeah and, and I had a basically I had like a, a whole studio at the old place um and, and the hardest part of uh of installing windows on the uh, hackintosh was that i i lost um pro tools and all my uh plugins and stuff like that because i was using pro tools 10 and pro they're tools. on they're on like i don't even know like they, they they stopped numbering them they after 12 basically and um i was using pro tools 10 which only worked with that version of of uh you know the mac uh os x that i was using and doesn't work with anything past Windows 7. So I was just like, I'm not dropping uh, however, however much uh, a month on, on Pro Tools, but I have the, uh, the Adobe suite now. Right. So that, you feel I, I, that I at least use more of that. What do you use in the Adobe suite? I use uh, mostly Premiere mm -hmm. uh, for, for video editing and uh, Photoshop, and uh, I use Audition for my uh, audio workstation. Right. And, yeah. and, and I've gotten into Illustrator a lot too. Illustrator's fun. I actually never thought that I'd be able to actually like, I, I've never been good at like visual art. And uh, I feel like that was, that's the closest I've come. I, I've made my own like emotes on Twitch and stuff like that. And it's, uh, it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> right. I, as a graphic designer, I primarily use InDesign because okay. InDesign like helps you line up all the wording. I make all of my work resumes on InDesign. I do not use Word, ah. like Microsoft Word. That's good to know. So yeah, you're, you're I a graphic designer. Okay. So I, yeah. 
see that that's where that's where um where i lack i like i could do pretty much like all of like the, the tech stuff but design is not my thing like I, i've tried so hard <laughs> right i'm interested in you know I don't know, technology is at the intersection of art and music and design right now. Like there, oh, yeah. it is the intersection and I feel like it is definitely the bridge. And yeah. I feel that like, as we were talking about Arduino that things are only gonna progress more. True. And you know, like, I'm glad that you have had the time to, you know, write all those amazing song lyrics and like, at least now in quarantine, I'm sorry, I'm like stuttering. <laughs> That's no, cool. Yeah. But yeah, no, I totally and I, I feel like even um you know more more than people realize technology being kind of that intersect is like um basically everything that people are interacting with now like websites and everything like that and and I mainly work with, you know with building websites um rather than like software um all the things that we're like familiar with and the 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 things that we consider normal and um, logical uh, on the web is because of the design, not as much because of the programming, you know? It's basically just like the, the, the typical locations of things where like menus are like, oh, I'm, I, I'm looking for this thing, I'm gonna look over here. You know, that's you know, all on like design and you know, that, that's what all it kind of guides things more than people realize. Right. I'm on Dribble and I subscribe to it. So I get their like daily kind of newsletter. And what I got was how to explain UX okay. UI to a five-year-old. That's crazy. That, that like, and like, I, I guess I could picture to explain it, but you know, it's crazy to see that like, five-year-olds like like kids are, are coding kids and also like I've seen some crazy musical talent from kids as young as like as young as to the point where you're still you know describing their age in months you know I, I think that's absolutely insane and, and but it, but it's really cool because it kind of that that's what leads um the world to expanding um opportunities and and, and uh technology even more Right. And it allows uh, making, kids making more advanced technology even normal. Right. And it also helps normalize. I was going to say that it also helps kids, you know, keep that creativity throughout their life, which is very important. Yeah. And, and, and that, uh, that curiosity too, which I, I feel like is, you know, even if you don't end up in a artistic field or a um, technological field, that curiosity and that open-mindedness is gonna, you know, bring them way farther. Right, so Brandon, my last questions for you is, you know, you talked about experimenting. Are you able to bring your, that desire to experiment and that curiosity into your programming career and your music career? Oh, definitely. Um, and even just the, um, you know, just, just the recent kind of self-discovery of uh, more of a, a comfort with 
uh, improvisation, um, that's helped me a lot in my in my day job too. Where in the past I would, you know, be tasked with writing some type of type of code, really, and I would spend more time trying to figure out what's the absolute best way to do this, rather than hey, what's a good way to do this, but a way that will get it done, and you know that will be fitting for the task at hand um and musically um you know i obviously we're not uh, back at the point of uh practicing and, and writing new music yet uh, at least with the band um but i think what it'll bring for me is just kind of a different um approach to to how we write new music i want to try and because in the past we would write new music kind of separately and then bring it together and kind of talk about it and things like that. And it's like, you know, I think it'd be nice to make it a little more organic and, and make it a little more um, spontaneous. And, and, and I think just knowing that, um, that I kind of apparently work better when I'm not overthinking, who would have guessed? Um, <laughs> just knowing that I feel like I'll be able to implement that in uh, in my band situations where I'm, where it's not just me who's having the creative input. We're kind of right. learning how we all work together. Even after 10 years, still, you know, always still learning. No, and that's great to have that type of mentality and have those types of goals. Yeah. So any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I, basically, um, this whole pandemic and this whole year is, it's affecting all of us differently. Um, I, I definitely do feel fortunate that I feel it's affected me, not minimally, but less than, uh, than I realize it is, it has affected some other people. Um, so that's just pure luck. You know, we still all need to be respectful of each other and kind of realize what we're all going through because we're all going through it, um, even if it is on different levels. And um, I, I've definitely seen less of an empathy on online and and you know even in person. Some you know there there's definitely kind of everyone's kind of at a boiling point. I could tell, um, and I think it would help a lot if everyone just kind of took a step back and was like, we're all going through this. And, uh, you know, for people who have been affected even more, you know, you, you, you have people around you who can make it easier. And um, hopefully everyone's making the best of it. Yeah, I think that, you know, everybody has, if they look hard enough, like, a support system there for them. And, you know, sometimes you don't realize, you know, who's around you or who's in front of you, but right. I encourage everyone to like reach out to their friends, reach out to family and, you know, to keep, and just not only on social media, but like, you know, text somebody, right. call somebody, you don't have to always interact through the social media platforms because those carry a lot of negativity these days. True. I, I, I've even noticed, uh, as far as like the negativity in social media, I've noticed something really interesting where um, 
prior to this year, the more anonymous uh, social media were the more toxic parts mm -hmm. of the internet. And I feel like now the anonymous parts of the internet have become really supportive and the, and the less anonymous ones like Facebook and things like that have just become incredibly toxic. And um, yeah, yeah, so pretty much that I've been, uh, I've been avoiding social media um, just because I've, I've just seen that uh, negativity kind of coming through it's just that everyone's stress is kind of getting to that boiling point. And, you know, as long as we can all realize we're all going through similar stuff and uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through all this together and hopefully what comes out of it is a better um, understanding of each other and a, uh, a better sense of uh, empathy between people. So hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm all for peace and love and understanding right. and empathy. Exactly. All right. Well, Thank you all for listening to this episode of Gigless. Again, I'm your host, Emily Lubick, and our guest today was Brandon Backrack. Thank you for having me. Take it out, Dane. <laughs>